wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 31. Proverbs chapter number 31. We're going to begin reading with verse number 10. We're going to read down and include verse number 31. The Bible says in Proverbs 31 and beginning with verse 10, the question is asked, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? I don't believe we'll do the uh, scripture any injustice by adding and mother here. Because as we read on down, you will discover that not only is this woman a wife, but she is also a mother. So I'm going to add that if that's okay. If it's not, I'm going to anyway. (laughs) The wisdom writer writes, he asks the question, who can find a virtuous and capable wife and mother? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant's ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates, where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity. And she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtues and Capable women, virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. This morning I'm going to do my best to give you a description of a good mother. Father, I I thank you for this day. Lord, we, we have set this day aside to honor mothers today. And mothers are well deserving of, of honor and respect. And so we honor every mother here today. God, I just pray today as we go through this description of a good mother today, God, I pray that you will help me today. 
God, I pray your anointing will rest upon the message and upon the messenger. Let the anointing be upon the ears of the hearer today. Father, may we receive the word, but not just listen and hear, but may we heed, hallow. Father, may we put into practice what we receive today, all for the glory of God. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. He may be reseated this morning. Well, as I've already stated, today we are going to honor our mothers. One of the Ten Commandments is, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the earth. Let me ask you this this morning, do you want to live longer? If you do, you will honor your parents. If you want your life to be shortened, then you will refuse to honor mom and dad. I want you to notice that God did not say here to honor honorable parents. You see, some moms and dads don't deserve to be honored. What do you do about that? Let me tell you what you do about that. When you cannot honor the person... You honor the position. Amen. Now, now that, that, that's true for everyone in authority over you. The policeman. Yes. Amen. Well, he's not acting like a policeman right now. Well, he's kind of smart at it. Well, he's kind of, you know, taking the Barney Fife attitude here. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, when you cannot honor the person, you honor the position. You should honor everyone in authority. And if they're not honorable, then you will honor their position, your boss. He he may be unfair. He he, he may be uh, incredibly demanding. He might be a jerk. But he's still in authority over you. He is still your boss, and you are still to honor him. And if you cannot honor him, you will honor his position. The President of the United States. You may or may not like him. You may or may not agree with him, but he is still the president of the United States of America. And whether you like him or not, whether you have voted for him or not, whether you, whether you can't, maybe you can't even stand him, but he is still in the position of authority as president of the United States. And so though I may not necessarily like him, I may or may not have voted for him, yet I am going to honor him, not because of his person, but because of his position. Today we are honoring mothers. We're going to make an acrostic out of the word mother this morning. And with each letter of this word, we're going to attempt to describe a good mother. So let's get started this morning. For the letter M in the word mother, let me suggest that a good mother is a multitasker. Multitasker. The Proverbs 31 woman was definitely a multitasker. There's probably no better way to describe a good mother than multitasker. See, I believe that if young wives really understood what they were signing up for before they got pregnant, (laughs) surely the reproduction of the human species would stop. How can you even begin to write the job description of a good mother? She's a maid. She's a short order cook. She's a nurse. She's a counselor. She's a taxi driver. She's a tutor. 
She's an interior decorator. She's an organizer. She's an advocate. She runs errands. She changes dirty diapers. She cleans snotty noses. She listens to sob stories. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And this list changes daily. So how in the world do you describe a good mother? Well, she's a multitasker. I believe that if a mother was paid what it would cost to replace her, no one could afford her. You ladies, I'm giving you all kinds of opportunities for amens. Amen. <laughs> Proverbs 31 and 10 says that her value far surpasses rubies. And if that's not enough, on top of all of that, most mothers today have a full or part-time job outside the house. Hey, moms, my hat is off to you today. You ladies are absolutely amazing. Can we give it up for them this morning? Amen. I'm trying to describe a good mother today by making an acrostic out of the word mother. For the letter O, a good mother is observant. Observant. Proverbs 31 and 27 says she watches over the ways of her household. Say watches Watches. and ways. She watches over the ways of her household. You see, a good mother knows what is going on in her home. She is not naive nor passive. And she doesn't have rose-colored glasses on. She loves her children. Nobody loves a child more than that mama. The mama loves her children, but she, but she is also aware that her kids are vulnerable to every temptation that every other kid is as well. No doubt she thinks that Junior is cuter than any other kid, and yet she also knows that he's a mess. Her motto is trust is earned. Say that with me. Trust is earned. And privacy is a privilege. Say that with me. Privacy is a privilege. Yeah, her motto is trust is earned. And privacy is a privilege that comes from a history of trustworthy behavior. Now, if a mother has a valid reason to doubt her child, she will immediately turn into a private eye. And she will do her detective work. She will do her work of investigation. If it, minds, if it calls for finding the diary and reading it, she'll find the diary and she'll read it. If it, if, if it means tearing the kid's room apart looking for drugs, she'll tear the room apart looking for drugs. Amen. If it means an interrogation of, of other kids, she'll do it. She'll, she gets on her private eye hat and she goes at it. 
Well, Pastor, I just don't think that's fair. I just don't go for that. Well, well, listen, if a child doesn't like mom and dad doing their detective work, then they can move out, they can get a job, and they can pay their own bills. No problem. A good mother refuses to be her child's best friend. Oh, my, my best friend is my little baby, my little baby girl. We're best friends. You're messing up. A good mother refuses to be her child's best friend. Your kids don't need you, mama, to be their best friend. They've got best friends. They need you to be their mother. Now, I'm not saying, don't don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you can't have a relationship with your child. You can have a great relationship with your child. And you should have a relationship with your child. I'm not saying don't have a relationship with your child. I'm saying you cannot be their best friend. Let me tell you this. A mother who is a true mother to her child qualifies herself to become her child's best friend after the child is grown. Proverbs 29 and And 15 says, to discipline a child produces wisdom, but a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. Let's look at the T in this acrostic of the word mother. A good mother is a teacher. Now, school will teach your children reading, writing, and arithmetic. But the things that are most important in life should be taught By the parents. Now, if possible, say if possible. It's not always possible. But if possible, fathers should teach their sons. And mothers should teach their daughters. I'm not saying that a daughter will never learn anything from the father or a son will never learn anything from the mother. But basically, I'm telling you, if possible, the dads, the father, the male in the home ought to teach the son, and the mama ought to teach the daughter. She teaches her daughter how to love her husband. She teaches her daughter how to raise her children. And she teaches as much through what she does as what she says. She teaches them basic life skills. Let me tell you something, mama. You are doing your kid no favor by doing everything for them. Show them how to do it and then turn them loose and give them the responsibility. I know they can't do it as good as you can do it. But show them how to do it and then turn them loose, give them the responsibility. Let me tell you something. Unless you want them bringing their dirty laundry over to you after they're grown and have moved out, I would suggest you teach them how to do laundry. 
And the boys need to learn just as well as the girls. And unless you want your grandkids living in a pig pen, maybe you might need to teach your kids how to do housework. My mother taught me how to do the dishes, how to run the vacuum, how to make a bed, how to clean a bathroom, how to dust the furniture. When my wife goes off on a missions trip for, for seven, eight, nine, ten days at a time, or when she goes off to visit her mama for a few days, she doesn't come home to a filthy house. And she has my mama to thank for it. Thomas Edison said this, Thomas Edison said, My mother cast over me an influence that has lasted me my entire life. He said, I have become what I have become because of the lessons in life taught me by my mother. For the letter H in the word mother, a good mother is a homemaker. Titus chapter 2 and verse 5 says, Mothers are to be homemakers. May I suggest that a good mother can take any house and turn it into a home? Now, my father was a pastor when I was growing up in the late 50s and the 60s. And yes, there was 50s and 60s. You all know that. Second crowd don't all know it. But my father was a pastor when I was growing up in the late 50s and in the 60s. And, and back in those, it's still prevalent today, but much even worse back in the day. Pastors moved around a lot. And we moved about every year to long-term pastor. It would be about two and a half. <laughs> My whole life growing up, we moved around every one, two, three years. And we'd go to another church or in between, in between, my dad would would leave a church and then in between pastors, my dad would work his business. One of the reasons he worked his business because he starved to death at the church where he was at. So now he's got to work and recover and get ready to go starve again at the next little church. Just being honest with you. And so in between pastorates, my dad would work his own business. Now, when my dad was working his own business, when he was not pastoring, my dad had a, had, had a thriving business and he did really well financially. We'd live in a nice new brick home while my dad was running his drywall business. But when dad was pastoring a little church, we would move out of that nice brick modern home, and we'd move into a little simple frame house that the church owned. They were called parsonages. Why did the church have parsonages? Well, they said they had parsonages because pastors didn't stay very long. Number one, they were in small communities. Houses were hard to get in little small communities. They couldn't pay the pastor very much, and so at least he had his house furnished. Actually, in reality, it was the pastors buying the church a house because they took the money out of the pastor's salary to buy the house. (laughs) And so, 
So, so when my dad was working, we were living in a nice modern brick home, but when he was pastoring a little church, we would move into the little parsonage, which was, was a, 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 usually an old, small frame, very, very simple house. But this is what I know. My mama, my mama could take any house and turn it into a home. And although my whole growing up years, it was constantly this, I never remember resenting moving from a bigger, nicer house to one of those little, small parsonages because my mother made a home out of whatever house she was provided with. Something else I remember is that I never once heard my mother complain about moving out of the nice home into the little tiny parsonage. Listen to me this morning, mothers. Mothers are the thermostat of the home. They set the temperature or atmosphere of the home. Finish this statement this morning. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. For the letter E in the word mother, we're making an acrostic out of the word mother. A good mother is an example. Fill in this blank this morning in your notes. Mothers, your daughter will become like you are. Not like you want her to become. Your daughter will become like you are, not like you want her to become. Ezekiel chapter 16 and verse 44 says, Everyone who quotes Proverbs will use this proverb against you, like mother, like daughter. So, a good mother will be a good example to her daughter. And she will understand that her daughter is watching her more than she is listening to her. So listen, mother, if, if you want your daughter to be pure, you better be pure. And if you want your daughter to treat her husband with respect and honor, you better treat your husband with respect and honor. If you want your daughter to take pride in herself and have a good work ethic, she will have to see it modeled in you. Somebody said it like this. True success produces a successor. In order to have absolute true success, you need a successor. So if you want your values, mama, if you want your values to continue on after your life is over, you must transfer your values to your kids. And the only way that this is going to happen, the only way that this is going to take place is by example. Now let me just throw this in for free. I'm not going to charge you anything for this this morning. If you want your kids to grow up loving Jesus, if you want your kids to grow up loving His church, if you want your kids reading the Bible and studying the Bible, if you want your kids to have a consistent prayer life, none of these things will happen in your child unless they learn these things through the example of their parents. Amen. Amen. There are exceptions 
but not many. We're talking about the description of of a good mother this morning. We we don't have time to to give a detailed description. There's so much that's going to be left out today. For the R in the word mother, I'm using the word resourceful. A good mother is resourceful. Good mothers perform miracles every single day. Now, now I understand that mothers cannot equal what Jesus did when he took five barley loaves and two small fish and fed 5,000 families with it. Mothers can't quite get there. But mothers do much with little. They take whatever they have and they make it work. Sometimes they have a lot, sometimes they have a little, sometimes they have a little more than other times, but, but they take whatever it is that they have and they make it work. How many times have I seen my wife take whatever it was that she had and just simply make it work? When our daughter was growing up at home, she was notorious for procrastinating. She had this big old giant project that she had all semester to work on and would not even mention it until the night before. <laughs> then she'd go in panic mode. And guess who helped pull it off? No, I went to bed. <laughs> it's her problem. She's known about it her whole semester. Practice a little tough love here. Maybe she needs to get in trouble. Maybe she'll quit doing that. Mama? Oh, well, Walmart's still open, I think. And, oh, I think we got this in the attic. And, oh, I think we got this back here. And, and put it all together. You know, all pulling all nighter and voila! Because mothers can do much with little. And they can take whatever they have and they just make it work. My mama had to feed three teenage boys. Three teenage boys at home at the same time. Three construction working teenage boys. You you can't hardly fill up a growing teenage boy. And she had to do it on a small budget. We only ate out on Sundays and not every Sunday. And so my mom had to be very resourceful. I hardly ever remember as a kid having a meal without hot bread. Well, your mother was, no, she's resourceful. (laughs) You know, she'd go to Safeway back in the day and, you know, get that stuff very cheap and buy bunches of it and put it in the freezer and... And man, you know, it, it's, it's cheap if you buy it that way and it, feel, it helps fill you up. Lots and lots of potatoes, man. Amen. Lots of potatoes. Woo. Fried potatoes, mashed potatoes, scalloped potatoes, here potato, there potato, everywhere potato, potato. I mean. For you, you Hispanics, it might have been tortillas. For us white boys, it was taters. Yeah, and Saturday night was always beans and fried potatoes. 
and, and she didn't waste anything. She did not waste. She couldn't afford to. She's got three teenage boys. She's got a limited budget. She didn't waste anything. She, see, good mamas are resourceful. My mama made what she called icebox pie. Now, it was not until several years later when I was grown, only then did I realize what icebox pie was. You say, Pastor, what was it? Well, it was all the leftovers in the icebox, as we called it back in the day in Oklahoma. It was called the icebox, the refrigerator. And so my mama, periodically, she'd take everything edible in the refrigerator, all the leftovers, and she'd put them all together. And then she'd make mashed potatoes, and she'd take those mashed potatoes, and she would cover in a big casserole bowl. She'd put all the leftovers in a casserole bowl, then she'd fill the top of that casserole bowl with, with, with mashed potatoes, and then she would put it in the oven, and, and then voila! Icebox pie. And it was actually quite good. Mothers are are resourceful. They perform miracles every day. They take whatever they have and make it work. Can I read you a story this morning? Can I read you a story? True story. It says a pastor received a frantic call from a new father. This father explained that he wanted their pastor to be present when the mother came out from under the anesthetic and would be told she had given birth to a beautiful baby boy. Healthy in every way except the newborn had no ears. When the pastor arrived, he joined the nervous first-time father and the doctor as they entered the room where the mother was recovering from an extremely difficult birth. The doctor explained that the baby had auditory openings and all the inner ear parts necessary to receive sounds, but no fleshly part outside that we call the ear. The doctor assured the parents that the problem could easily be corrected when the child's uh, growth was completed and a matching donor was found. School was a tough experience for this little guy. Many times he would come home crying, crying, I'm a freak, I'm nothing but a freak. He was well aware of the stares, whispers, taunts, and nicknames given to him by the other kids. Junior high was the worst of his growing up experience. But the young man began to adapt and live with his disfigurement. To cover it up, he let his hair grow long and wore stocking caps. He also became an excellent student with plans to study geology. One spring day, when he was a college sophomore, his father phoned with this news. Well, son, we finally found an ear donor for you. The operation will take place this summer. The operation was a rousing success. This young man was very happy as he returned to college in the fall. His new ears were beautiful and life took on new meaning for him. Even his social life with the girls improved. 
He graduated with honors and justifiably, his parents were proud of him as he left to take a job in the Midwest. Life was great. Then a call came from his father. Son, your mother has had a heart attack. Please come right home on the next flight. He arrived as quickly as he could make arrangements, only to learn that his mother had passed away before his arrival. Two days later at the funeral home, his father walked with him to the casket where she lay. They talked about what a wonderful mother she had been. As they stood together looking down at her, the father reached down and gently pushed back the mother's hairdo to reveal a well-kept secret. His mother didn't have any ears. She had given them so he could become whole. Only a mother. I want to finish with this this morning. Brayden, if you could just come, please. In Proverbs 31 and verse 31, it says about a godly wife and mother. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Moms, We love you. We respect you. We honor you today. I'd like for everybody to stand this morning. Everybody standing, please. Every head head bowed, every eye closed today. Father, I just want to take this moment to pray for our mothers today. First of all, I want to thank you for my own mother. Was she perfect? No. Did she make mistakes? Yes. She was my mama and still is my mama. And the times when no one else believed in me, mama, always believed in her baby boy. And I honor my mama today and thank you for my mother today. Father, today I I lift up struggling mothers today. Because I, I recognize and I understand that there are mothers today everywhere, but even in this room today, God, there are, there are mothers who are struggling today. There are mothers that are raising their kids all by themselves. And it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Financially, it's a struggle. Emotionally, it's a struggle. Physically, it's a struggle. And so today, God, I just lift up the struggling mothers today, and I just pray that you will help them today. Father, today I I lift up unappreciated mothers today. Because God, I know that there are mothers that, that go unappreciated every single 
day. I understand especially when they're raising those teenagers. Lord, those teenagers can be so demanding and so unappreciative. And I just lift up unappreciated mothers today. Father, today I I pray for for people who have lost their mothers. Maybe even this past year, maybe even this year, they've lost their mother and it's fresh. And and Mother's Day is not the same and it will never be the same anymore. And they grieve. And I, I pray for them today and I lift them up today and I ask your strength and your help for them today. Lord, I also recognize and understand that there's mothers that have lost their children. And I can't even imagine what it would be like to have to go through that. So this Mother's Day is is difficult and it's hard. And I just pray that you will strengthen them and comfort them and bless them and encourage them today. And then there are those women that so desperately want to become a mother but for whatever reason they've been unable to conceive I pray first of all today that you will open their womb today be with these Dear women today, many of them are past the age of conception. Help them today, minister to them today, strengthen them today, bless them today, touch them today. God, I understand today that there are mothers who are separated from their children. They haven't heard from their child in years. There's a wall. There's a separation. Maybe they even live in the same town, but there's no relationship. Oh God, I pray for them today. I pray that you will break down that wall of separation. God, I pray that you will put in the heart of that child a desire that matches the desire of the prodigal who remembered what it was like back home. He came to himself, the Bible said, and he came back. And I pray you'll put it in the heart of those kids that alienated themselves from their parents to come home. See, Father, most of us don't understand. Those of us that have incredible mothers and our wives were incredible mothers. We, we just think it's, it's, it's always a good day, but Mother's Day is bittersweet. It's a grand and a glorious and a wonderful day for some. It's a very, very difficult, hard day for others. And I want to remember them today. And I want to pray for them today. And I want to honor them today.
And then, Father, I just lift up all of our mothers today. Just all of our mothers. God, I'm so grateful and so thankful. What an incredible and unbelievable contribution that mothers make to all of our lives. And I just pray your blessing upon every, every mother in this room today. Bless them in every area and every aspect of their life. Bless them especially in their homes. We ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's all for your glory. Amen. And amen. One more time, can we give all of our mothers a thunderous round of applause today? <laughs> Pastor Steve is going to come and dismiss us in just one second or two. But just say that on your way out, the ushers will have a gift for every mother here today. So on your way out, please make sure, mother, that you pick up your little gift. Just a token of appreciation and affection and honor from New Bethel to you. We love you and we honor you, mothers, today. Well, we are going to be dismissed on your way out. If you're a guest, don't forget to turn in your connection card. Also, sign up for the 5K and pick up your information packet for youth camp. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.
shot of faith. Jesus. 